Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, as we've just been hearing, the US Federal Reserve has refused to uh, hike its interest rate. The decision had been certainly eagerly awaited around the world, uh, and among those analysts who've been waiting for this was Mr. Rajiv Biswas, Asia-Pacific Chief Economist at IHS, and is sitting alongside me. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure to be in Seoul. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, but uh, let's just quickly assess how this decision is going to affect us here in Seoul and maybe beyond. Firstly, as far as the Fed's decision is concerned, were you surprised at all? I think the market expectations had been fading for a, a rate hike at this meeting because of the turbulence that we'd been seeing in um, emerging markets in particular, a lot of volatility in emerging market currencies. And interestingly, there'd been a wide variety of appeals to the Fed to either raise rates or not raise rates. Um, some major institutions, including the World Bank, had been calling for the Fed to delay hiking because of the international financial markets turmoil and fears that this could cause further volatility for emerging market uh, countries. Mm. But uh, on the other hand, many central bank governors from uh, emerging market countries had been asking the Fed to actually raise rates and get it over with because the protracted debate over this was also creating uncertainty. So there's a wide range of views about whether the Fed should or shouldn't have raised rates from outside of the U.S. Well, I mean, already some of your counterparts around the world are calling this a mistake, though. What would your opinion be? I think they have a lot of leeway in terms of timing because inflationary pressures are still very well contained in the U.S. But there is an argument that they're starting to look like they're falling behind the curve. And that's because monetary policy acts with very long time lags. The normal ex estimate is at six to... 12 months lags. Indeed. So you can't start adjusting policy after inflation goes up. You've got to be preemptive. And I think what a lot of economists are concerned about now um, is that the U.S. labor market has been improving considerably over the last couple of years. The unemployment rate's now 5.1%. And the FOMC's own forward expectations are that the labor market will tighten further mm. into next year. In fact, their statement did say the labor market had been performing relatively well and jobs growth had been good. So that would tend to indicate that you, they could be, get in a situation where unemployment declines further uh, and wage pressures start to become an issue next year. Mm. That hasn't happened yet. But the problem is if it happens and the Fed belatedly has to start acting, uh, a rapid period of tightening could be more disruptive to markets than a gradual preemptive tightening phase, uh, which was what many analysts had expected would happen. But whether they raise, had raised in September or later uh, in this year, I don't think it, the timing between one or two months would make too much difference. So it's not a dramatic difference whether they raise now or in 
uh, of a later meeting this year. Maybe not a dramatic difference to them, but to, to the rest of the world, including us here in South Korea, um, it, it, they may have factored it in. We saw that the markets didn't jump around dramatically on the back of this decision, but how disappointing is it from a global perspective? Well, I think uh, for financial markets that probably at least in the very near term find it positive, it takes a bit of stress out of the markets in terms of the potential uh, turmoil that could have been caused by a Fed rate hike. But I think once markets reflect on the decision, uh, it really just pushes the uh, problem further down the yes, road. And indeed. Therefore, as central bank governors from some emerging markets uh, had been saying, including from India, uh, that probably it's easier just to get it over with and move on uh, rather than having another few weeks of debate in markets, potentially more volatility in emerging markets as they anticipate uh, a Fed rise, which does seem like it needs to happen relatively soon. Um, so I, I guess th there'll probably be many economists who will find this a very dovish sort of decision from the FOMC this meeting. For some of us listening, the, the only um, immediate impact uh, in the coming weeks will be that the value of the US dollar when we change our currency or, or go abroad or, or whatever we're planning to do with the US dollar. What sort of impact are you expecting in practical terms? I think uh, clearly the US dollar has been strengthening against most other currencies. And a key reason for that is anticipation that the Fed is soon going to start a series of rate hikes. Uh, we expect that the momentum may be only one rate hike the remainder of this year and maybe several rate hikes next year. But nevertheless, that is supportive for the U.S. dollar. Uh, and we've already seen the U.S. dollar reach a 12-year high on a trade-weighted basis against other currencies. So strong dollar is very much what we expect to see. Um, but of course, the rate hike itself will probably push the dollar up. And I think the decision to stay on hold this month probably at least allows a little bit more breathing space for some of the emerging market currencies. And a lot of focus is on the Chinese yuan right now because of the devaluation that we saw in the yuan during early August. Um, and had the Fed raised rates, that could have put more pressure on the yuan. So it takes a bit of immediate pressure off emerging market currencies um, in terms of further depreciation against U.S. dollar. And Mr. Biswas, if you were looking at this from South Korea's perspective, would you be focused more on the U.S. right now or more on developments in China still? I think in terms of the risk to the outlook, China is the biggest risk to the outlook for South Korea and for many other countries in Asia. The U.S. economy seems to be performing at a reasonably good pace, and the risks to the U.S. outlook are, I think, still well contained right now probably growth in the order of about 25 to 2.8% this year and next year in the U.S. There's a lot more uncertainty about the outlook for China. We've already seen quite a lot of moderation. And what's particularly concerning for South Korea is that uh, South Korean exports now are falling on a year-on-year -year basis. Industrial production is also down year-on-year. -year, and a lot of the weakness is coming because of China. So from the South Korean perspective, because 
South Korea is such a trade-dependent economy and China is its biggest export market, the weakness in China is definitely a major concern. And there are still downside risks to China. Uh, and therefore, I think at the moment, the biggest concern is what is happening in China. Mm. We're actually going to pick this thread up again later on in the show, uh, something of a theme, but... Uh the question of chaonomics, as uh, it's referred to, or choinomics, Che Kyung-hwan is the finance minister. He's been kind of evaluated by lawmakers in the last few days at an ongoing parliamentary audit um, and, and didn't get the most glowing review for his policies. I mean, the, the thing is, it's very easy to criticise any law, politician, actually, any lawmaker, any minister who's having to make tough decisions. We've had to overcome the MERS outbreak this this summer, and he probably you know, came out of that quite well. Do, do you have any strong opinion on, on any major mistakes, though, that uh, Seoul's financial policymakers have made in the last few months, or are they completely just at the mercy of these external pressures? Well, I think there have been a lot of external shocks that have buffeted South Korea and, and a lot of the problems that South Korea has faced is because of external shocks and there, it's not easy to manage those risks. In particular, the slowdown in China, uh, but as you say, the MERS outbreak hurt private consumption as well and tourism plummeted uh, after that outbreak. Now in the second half, there should be some improvement in private consumption and tourism inflows as a result of the ending of that outbreak. Mm. So I think the prospects for domestic demand may be somewhat better, but on the other hand, the export sector is still very weak. So I think the biggest concern right now is the impact of what we're seeing out of yeah, China still. transmitting to the South Korean economy. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio with spoken to you on the phone several times in the past as well and hope to catch up with you again, Mr. Biswas. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Rajiv Biswas, Asia-Pacific Chief Economist at the IHS.